0: Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host Jay Kumar, editor-in-chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Trevor Bronson, director of portfolio strategy at Intellects about safety culture best practices. This episode is sponsored by Intelecs. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Trevor Bronson, director of portfolio strategy at Intellects. Welcome to the program, Trevor.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jay. Really happy to be here.
0: Great to have you. And um, before we get started and talk a little bit about safety culture i was wondering if you could tell me about yourself and intellects
1: yeah sure thanks so again trevor bronson my title is director of portfolio strategy at intellects intellects is one of the world's leading environment health safety and quality software firms we also do uh esg the new acronym of the day right environment social governance uh and sustainability we have about 1400 clients across the world really in a range of high risk and medium risk sectors delivering them better safety and environmental and ESG outcomes, really attempting to make sure safety is democratized throughout the organization. Everyone has access to the technology they need uh, and that we are the best tool for the job. I always emphasize that, and you'll hear me talk about that more today, uh, that technology specifically is a tool for the job of delivering better EHS outcomes. It's not the end-all, be-all. So that's what Intellect strives to do. Within Intellect, myself, I, uh, I have responsibility for driving growth, on inorganic and organic means, that means looking at potential m and opportunities, looking at potential partnership opportunities to ultimately deliver a better solution to our customers, and of course, helping map out our overall organic strategy.
0: Very cool. Well, today we were going to talk about safety culture and I wanted to get your take on, you know, what what does safety culture mean to you?
1: Yeah, sure thing. So before I launch in, it's probably helpful for the audience to know that as I answer these questions, I'm not answering as some, you know, yokel from a software company that just wants to say what people want to hear so I can sell more software. My background is in environment, health and safety. I I have a bachelor's in environment, health, safety and sustainability. I spent time as a practitioner across three three separate jobs with varying responsibilities for environment, safety and uh, technology admin. In those roles and also spend time as an ehs technology analyst so i like to think i've taken a look at this market from about every perspective you could possibly look at it from when i think about safety culture it means the idea that within the organization everyone is empowered to make the safe choice right during a shift during someone's normal working day there may very well be a time when that person is required to make a choice between acting safely and acting in interest of profit or speed or something like that, right? They could choose to do something the unsafe way because it's a shortcut to achieve something else or they could choose to slow down a sec, go grab the safety glasses, walk instead of run, et cetera, et cetera, to to again, make the safe choice. We like to think about safety culture means it's embedded in everyone and that's true, but it's embedded in everyone just as far as that person will make that choice when in a moment of crisis, right? So when I think about safety culture, it means that that person that has that choice to make is going to make the safe choice, and they're going to make the safe choice knowing that they will not be penalized for making it. When the third shift floor worker is on the manufacturing line and they decide not to wear their safety glasses or go grab their hard hat or something, They are probably doing that because they know that's what their boss actually wants. They're not thinking about the VP of VHS in that moment. They're not thinking about the CEO that just gave that big speech on safety. They're thinking about the person that they directly report to and what they are going to think of that choice. So as long as that person is going to reward them for making the safe choice, that means you have a really strong safety culture. And, of course, that needs to permeate throughout the organization. And. And everyone along the line needs to feel that same way. There there can't be a broken link between the VP of EHS and the EHS department really cares about safety culture and, and just some kind of random worker cares about it. That needs to be linked through everyone insofar as everyone is going to allow the people below them who are working to, you know, look good in their eyes, make the safe choice.
0: So what are some uh, pitfalls that are involved in setting up safety culture?
1: Oh gosh, what aren't some pitfalls? We could spend a lot of time on this one question. Um, there's a lot of lot of different areas where people can screw up. You can screw up in the reward structure for trying to create a safety culture if you do it simply based on merits and awards and kind of positive reinforcement. That 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 works good as long as people are motivated by whatever carrot you're dangling, right? Um, but if you gamify it too much, you may have people fudging numbers that you're actually looking at for safety culture. So maybe part of your safety culture project is saying, hey, we don't really have a lot of safety observations right now. And this is something we really care about. We want to know that everyone's engaged in the safety program. So we're going to make sure that every person or let's just say every, every site is going to contribute 100 observations a month. And that means we'll probably have a better safety culture because people are thinking about this on a daily basis. And hey, by the way, the site with the most safety observations, you know, goes out and they're going to get the big pizza party or they're going to get the, the day off or something like that. That's great. And in theory, that might work. But that could also lead to a lot of, you know, technical term BS observations and things where people are just working for that day off not working to actually improve their understanding of safety in the workplace and and how they can make it better. And on that same note, on on data, right, when you think about improving your safety culture, you want to do it in a way that you can measure. It's not just saying, hey, team, you know, we're all about safety this year. Again, it's coming down from the CEO. It's coming down from the VP of VHS. We just really want to drive safety culture. And you, you can't just put your finger in the air come November and say, yeah, I think we did a good job. I think people care more about this. You may very well feel it, but it's really important to have some sort of benchmark, some sort of data that you can look at to say, hey, here's empirical evidence that people are more engaged in safety, that we are seeing better results than we were. So think about think about the actual outcomes that you're trying to achieve and how you're going to measure them. If you don't know how to check if you've gotten to where you want to go, A, you will never know if you get there. And B, you'll never know if the actions you're taking, the small steps that lead to a full journey are the right steps, and you know, it'll be really hard to course correct because you don't know if you're on course or not. Um, those are two examples. I'll, I'll stop there for the next questions. We'll see if we circle back on the other 30 I have.
0: <laughs> um, well, yeah, so you know, what are some best practices for setting up a, a safety culture?
1: Yeah, so I guess we'll stick on that data front. Um, best practices are to have some sort of tool, of course, You know, intellects being one of them that you can use to track the kind of data That you're going to ultimately look at to know if you've achieved your goals or not you want to have some sort of centralized system that's easy to use that everyone feels comfortable using that's a big thing if you're asking people to take time out of their day to report on an observation or report an incident or do whatever interact in any way with technology by default that is something they were not doing before so you are introducing a new action into their day right you're you're taking time away from something else asking them to help you help them sort of but help you Uh, boost safety culture. You need to make sure that what you're asking them to do is non-intrusive, is seamless, works as it should, does not take time away from the the quotas they're meeting or the things they're actually trying to get done, the things that they're measured on. It needs to be something that's value add, but that does not take away from their core job responsibilities. Um, Other best practices, practice what you preach. Obviously, I, I had a Mentor in a, in a practitioner role that I worked many moons ago that told me uh, EHS is about 10% technical and 90% just being friendly and being personable and, and building relationships with your workers. We can get lost in the regulations and the numbers and the calculations of it all. But ultimately what it comes down to is you, the EHS professional, are supposed to instill the safety culture in the workforce you're responsible for keeping safe. And a big part of that is being present, is walking the floor, is spending time doing the things that make people want to act safely for you and for themselves and for their boss. So don't try to force safety culture from the ivory tower. That will not work out so well. You need to be present. You need to be practicing what you preach. You need to to explain to everyone why this is something you're pushing and why ultimately this is in their best interest, not just your best interest as the, the professional. Um, let's see, we can go one more example of a, of a best practice for this one. Make sure to understand the types of people you're working with. This is kind of 2A, 2B to my earlier point, but every company is different. You're, you're tasked as an EHS professional with developing, sustaining the safety culture, but working at job A and working at job B and working at job C can all mean very different things when it comes to actually starting this out. You need to think about the the demographics of the people you're working with. You need to think about the tenure, even of how long they've been there, what they've been doing, how that could lead to complacency. Think about the jobs that they need to do and ultimately what they're gonna prioritize. You know, is it a is it a quota or production-based system in which they're compensated? Is it just a normal salary? Think about what motivates these people and how their personalities may affect you implementing a safety culture and make sure you take that into account. When you're developing your plan for this, you'll run into a lot less barriers. You'll, you'll have to stop and start a lot less if you're prepared for the people that you're ultimately asking to adopt this culture of safety.
0: All right. Uh, you know, we were talking about, you know you're, obviously, you work for a tech company. So how can technology help or hurt safety culture?
1: um yeah it can help i mean i mentioned earlier the you want a place to record everything you want a place to be able to track the data you want one centralized system and if you're asking people to to feed the beast in terms of give data into the system you need to make sure that's easy to do so technology can help as long as it accomplishes all those things on the inverse it can obviously hurt if it's clunky if it's broken if it doesn't come out like you said it would do you know i i Obviously, working at Intellects, but working in other roles as well. I've been around a lot of technology implementations. And this is especially true for smaller companies that are maybe rolling out EHS software for the first time in quest of improving their safety culture or something. You kind of have one shot. You know, we all talk about first impressions, right? It's really hard to recover from a bad first impression, and the first impression lingers for a while, no matter what happens after on a, on a personal level. The same is going to be true for a project like this. If you're asking, People to use the software you're going out on a limb you're spending you know a hundred thousand dollars to roll out the software your company if it falls on its face you know that first couple months where you're trying to get everyone to use this and you keep talking about how great it is and how it's going to be the best thing and improve safety outcomes but it doesn't work people can't log in people don't like how it feels people aren't seeing the value in it it, you're kind of spent that's that's the shot you get um so it can really hurt when you mess that up because it really makes it that much more difficult to do it better the next time. If you have license to do it again the next time, um, it can also hurt if, look, the, the technology fundamentally isn't what you expected it to be. When you're going out and getting getting tech, have a clear vision and, and a clear understanding of, again, what you're trying to achieve. Don't just buy ehs software for the sake of saying hey we have ehs software or, hey we have the whole suite of solutions make sure you know exactly where you're going with that what your roadmap is buy the right solutions that make sense for the, the tasks you're trying to accomplish and and again measure to make sure you got there if you get the whole thing and aren't going to use the whole thing or don't get the right thing you need the, the right module you need to achieve the outcome you're looking for again you'll be stuck trying to Figure that whole thing out while the actual project of building safety culture goes by the wayside because you're too in the weeds on making sure the software works just so. And trust me, I've seen so many people be stuck in those weeds for a long, long time. And that's not the job of safety. Right. I mentioned at the beginning, this tech is supposed to be a tool. It's not the end all be all. It's a hammer. And, you know, safety culture is is the the painting on the wall. You have a hammer, you have a nail, you have to do all these things to make that painting on the wall. Um. Don't spend all this time worrying about the tool. There are better things you can do, like being out there, like sending the messages, like building relationships to actually drive safety culture than, than doing tech support.
0: Yeah, it's kind of, it's not one or the other. You've got to kind of combine everything.
1: Yeah, multi-pronged approach, for sure.
0: Um, so how important is it to get directors on the same page when it comes to, to building a culture?
1: yeah that's that's so key i mean the the people in in middle management if you will are are going to be really key to driving this again the ceo and you know the c-suite especially in today's day and age are always going to talk about how safety is number one safety culture is great um you know we really care about safety we put safety first the vp of EHS and the ahs department is always going to say that because of course of course they're going to say that that's their job you know and i i live in new york city and i can walk outside and see everyone working construction and on the back of their t-shirts it says you know safety is our priority and on their hard hats they have all these stickers that say safety 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 and also those same people not wearing eye protection not wearing fall protection at heights you know i i see it it's and I, I joke i laugh about it but that's true it's safety culture is not words on the back of a t-shirt it means having everyone involved and everyone empowering you the employee to make the safe choice and that is especially important at a director or manager level Because those people that are put in harm's way, most of all report to those people, the managers and the directors. And if they think that manager's gonna be really angry that instead of doing an extra, uh, I don't know, building a little bit more on that building that you're building that day or getting some more production out, instead of that, you took the time because your safety glasses were broken and you had to spend a half hour going and getting new ones, or there was some equipment issue or something made you uneasy and you felt like you needed to step back and make sure it was all safe. They need to feel like that's the right choice and they will never be penalized for that so directors need to pull the rope the same direction as the ceo the c-suite the ehs leaders and say look we'll always empower you to act safely you can we will bite the bullet on actual production as long as we know you are not putting yourself the company in harm's way remember it's it's all good to talk about hey we care about you as an employee there are legitimate company ramifications to having catastrophic incidents too we see them time and time again so it's just really key to have those have those directors bought in because that 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 chain is only as strong as this weakest link
0: so what do you do if they haven't bought in or one, you know, one person is just not, you know, pulling in the same direction as everybody um, else. How do you,
1: you just that? get rid of him? You just send yeah. him pack and you fire him. You get, yeah, don't don't even worry about it. No, assuming, assuming you can't do that. Um, you right. You need to make it clear why this is a priority for the company. Those people will ultimately listen to their bosses. Right. So even though they may be a weak link in the chain, they, they will listen and answer to someone. So hopefully everyone else in the company understands why this is a priority, why they're doing that, why this is important for company performance overall, why this is important for safety culture and company culture, why this is important for talent retention, why this is important for attracting the new talents coming into the workforce now that may be a bit more um, aware of safety performance at companies or ESG performance and things like that. Make it clear why this is such a priority, why you feel like you need to have safety culture. Uh, or a really strong safety culture and and get them on board now I say ingest fire them but look ultimately if you have an employee that's actively working against your um, you know acting against the building of a safety culture and cry as you may you cannot convince them on why it actually matters or why it's key to the company overall look there's other places for them to work and there's people that will come into your company that may understand this better find find people this is a broad, piece of advice not just for EHS if you have a company find people that fit the culture don't force fit people that will always always lead to better outcomes at the company no matter what you're doing
0: so you know I've talked to a lot of people um you know who don't like the term safety culture they feel like it's Mm. you know it should be part of your overall culture you know just using the term safety culture, you know, that basically these people have a, a, a tough time with it. You know, what do you say to those folks? Do you feel like it's just semantics or, um, you know, how do you of <laughs> take that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it is and it's not. I totally understand the logic of saying safety culture should just be culture because it, it should be They're, Those people are right. A good safety culture is just an embedded piece of the culture, mm-hmm. you know, the fabric of the company. So you don't have to call it out by name. You just know that at your company, people will act safely first and foremost, and that's that. And you don't have to emphasize emphasize safety culture. It really only needs emphasizing when you don't have it. And you're trying to, again, be clear about what you're trying to accomplish, right? The goal is to improve our awareness and understanding and prioritization of safety. So we have to call it something up front. We're going to improve safety culture. But once it's there, yeah, you can kind of ditch the phrase. It just becomes part of the culture and you can call it anything you want. If, if you have a what you feel to be a mature safety culture, just and if, if you still want to improve safety right continuous improvement pdca everyone listening will be familiar with that just think mm-hmm. about the specific objectives you're trying to achieve think about the specific KPIs that you're trying to push on and improve uh you don't have to put it under the big umbrella of safety culture it's just continuous improvement in the name of safety um and if you if you feel people have a kind of visceral bad reaction to to saying you want to go out and improve safety culture you know those may be those they might be those complacent people we spoke about earlier that think it's whatever and they don't need to focus on this and they act safe anyway and i've been here for 30 years and i never wear safety glasses nothing bad has ever happened to me you know take your safety culture and shove it okay fine that's part of that understanding the people you're working with and taking a different approach look it's not just about driving safety culture per se quote unquote people can't see me but i'm doing air quotes um (laughs) you know think about look i you've been working here for so long i want to see you finish this all out healthy. We want to make sure we're, we're doing right by you and your family, you know, as you get older, whatever. We're trying to take care of your hearing and making sure, you know, your your heart and lungs are all healthy and we're doing all those pulmonary exams every year and all that. Um, just, just try to frame it in a way that gets across to them. Call it whatever you want. It kind of all comes out in the wash. Um,
0: is there a generational component to safety culture where you know, we, you kind of mentioned, you know, somebody who's been there for a long time might, you know, they've always done it that way. They never ne- needed to wear goggles. Nothing's ever happened. Whereas, you know, are you seeing younger people coming in and being a little more concerned about things like safety?
1: Yeah, I think there's something to that. It's not a hard and fast rule, of course. Yeah. This is not binary. But if you looked at the if you looked at the trends or the general makeup of different generations in the workforce, I do think the people that are younger skew a little more aware of safety and a little more of what they feel comfortable doing at work and are not going to put themselves in a position where they feel they're at risk or some things at risk in service of that production quota in service of getting something done on time of course sometimes they will and it very much as we go back to it depends on what their boss is thinking and what what kind of position they're in but overall yeah i do see that newer generation being a little more safety conscious a little more look i'm not about to risk lopping my finger off for this place um and and everyone frankly everyone should be like that we don't want people doing that in service of big companies so but that makes it all the much more important to attract that talent and to get the you know the best minds out there to have that kind of mature safety culture to have tools in place to drive safety like an intellect or whatever you want to you want to have a mature posture maybe that's the better word for this posture when it comes to safety um, people will see that and they will like it, especially looking at a, a pure company to yours, which may not have a healthy safety posture or anything. That makes it kind of an an easy choice when when all the things are equal.
0: That yeah, makes sense. Well, Trevor, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great.
1: My pleasure, Jay. Happy to talk about this anytime. Like I said, I think we could do two hours. So. Uh, so, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity and I hope listeners take something away from this. All right.
0: That wraps up episode 178 of EHS on tap. Thanks again to intellects for sponsoring the episode. You can find more information about the show and listen on demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening. And I hope to join me next time.